time. Speaking of recurring pieces, hey, we have a spin coffee update. Badoom. Do we have it? We need a special coffee grinder sound or something. All right. Hey. <laughs> Yay! Hey. Hey. <laughs> Don't get too excited, guys. It's not. <laughs> I haven't given you the update yet. It's okay. not that exciting. All right. <laughs> Welcome, Mike, to a uh, problematic episode 47 of the Coffee and Codecast. This is a bunch of bullshit. It's 623. <laughs> yeah, this took a little bit. We had some Facebook trouble this morning. This morning. What am I talking about? Yeah. Feels like it's been a long time <laughs> dealing with this horse shit here. Yeah. Some Facebook troubles. We're, uh, we're here. We're live. It's episode 47 of the Coffee and Codecast, a tech podcast where we talk about neither coffee or code. And I'm Kyle Johnson. Yeah, and I'm Mike Sheehan here. And today on the show, got a lot of follow-up to do here. We're going to talk about uh, a little follow-up with the Impossible Whopper uh, spin coffee update and a crypto recap from our great session with Brent Lyman with CoinMe that we had a few weeks ago and a lot of good news. So uh, it's been a couple of weeks. We've got a lot of catch up on. So that's uh, what we got for today. Yeah, stupid Facebook. We tried to uh, get our streaming app working. Just as we normally do every single week and nothing would connect. We tried multiple methods and so we eventually just had to fall back to YouTube because nothing was working. I could do it through my phone. Because YouTube works. Yeah, YouTube works. Well, and and there's all kinds of shit going on right now too. I think there's something, there's must be some solar flares or something going on because this beautiful road board, if road, you know, we got to get a hold of road too because there's a touch screen on this um, soundboard that we use for our recordings and last week came into the office fired it up and screen's black yeah it still works yeah it still like you works. can touch the screen if you know where the buttons are yeah if you remember where they were <laughs> then you can do that so i put in a i put in a service request um a week ago to road and they must be really busy down there because i haven't heard anything back from them yet yeah so i'm a little i'm a little agitated today you know like there's a few things going on my 600 dollars board sh- took a shit uh, kind of and then you know Facebook streaming's not working. This thing's telling me there's no internet connection. We're I'm, trying to use different applications. We use the iPad, which is Sling Studio. Yeah. OBS Studio. We tried OBS Studio. No, no bueno. And on top of that, on top of all this shit, you know, I just came off of like a 45-hour fast. Oh, the stress is going to make you want to eat. keto. I just want all the carbs. You need me to pass you one of these beers? It looks delicious. <laughs> I'm fucking mad I can't have a beer right now. Uh, the show's not going to be the same without beer. We need to go to the, one of those axe-throwing fucking places in Capitol <laughs> Hill right now and just cancel the show, bring your beer. We're going to throw some axes, and I'm going to break some shit. That would be great. I'll feel better, and you guys won't have a show to listen to today, but I'll feel better about things. Well, the good news is we always have virtual beers. Would you like me to crack you one yeah, of those? Three of them. Does that please. make you feel better? Yeah. There you go, buddy. We need some, yeah. I should just do some tequila. That'd be better. Oh, thing. I have some of that in my office. I could yeah. go make that happen if you would uh, <sighs> prefer. It's okay. We're already 23 minutes into this thing. 23 minutes. Oh, well, you know, we start 23 minutes late. Late, yeah, yeah. Yeah, late. I don't know where we get comments from people because um, normally we get comments on Facebook, but however, we're not on Facebook, so I got Slack, I guess. 
They should be able to comment on YouTube as well, on the live video feed itself. I was wondering about that, because uh, I had it up, I didn't see that. Feel free to comment, however, also on the uh, Facebook post that I made for this particular entry. Uh, wherever you want to post, we'll, we'll keep an eye on all of it. I just don't see the option to comment on there. but um, uh, Maybe I have that disabled. So if that's the case, jump over to Facebook, make comments there. Jump on our Slack, make comments yeah, there. Anywhere that you can reach us, Teams. Yep. We'll figure teams. We'll figure it out. Join, <laughs> join the quote wizard teams. Yeah, join our, I'll give you a special authentication code. Yeah. Don't listen to Springer. Know. All right. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Our IT might not be so happy with that. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little frazzled, but I'm doing better now. It's fine. Everything's <laughs> working good here. Yeah, well, it's that, been a long time. When was the last time we were on YouTube? Oh man, a few months ago. That has been a long time. I know it's been a while. Once we moved to Facebook, we never went back. We tried. I know. Well, and we're, this is a work in progress, but we do have plans soon, hopefully to, we just need time. We've been busy. We've been really busy. We need some time to figure out how to get the multi-stream set up. That way we can go to everything. That would be the ideal solution. But Facebook is a little picky about having third-party apps streaming to their platform. And and I guess rightfully so, but uh, they make it prohibitively hard to do that. Um, Because I have a whole system set up that can can make that work, but because of their hoops that they make you run through, Mm -hmm. it's been pretty tough. Who the hell knows what we're going to be casting on next week, but hopefully we can figure this stuff out and be back on our normal uh, schedule here. Well, and hopefully we're one, one of the things we're talking about a little bit with uh, our episode, not last week, two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, with um, Sorry, I'm drawing a blank on his Brent. name. Brent. Brent, yes. Mr. Lyman, yeah. Um, everybody, we got some really great feedback on that, and everybody thought that was a good format. Um, listening to us uh, talk about Tesla news and whatnot for, and, and, and some Larry King news. Uh, <laughs> that's right breaking news yeah. Larry King's seventh divorce or ninth right. divorce I forgot I'm in 800 it. kids I think he had three more since last time <laughs> it's only been a couple of weeks but hey man shit yeah. happens fast in the world yeah, these days we got great feedback on that episode and, and I think we're going to try and move to more of a guest format as much as we can obviously that's a little bit difficult to line up week after week after week but uh, where we can we'll bring guests on as much as we can we have a pretty good list going already we're going to try and expand on that yeah um so yeah, I think that'll be fun. If you have any ideas for guests that you would uh, that think that you know that may be interesting, whatever, send them our way. I agree. I concur. So that would be my hope is that we could start queuing them up and flip it around a little bit. So right now, where we maybe have one guest every six episodes, I don't know what our streak is lately. It hasn't been that probably great, more than that. More than that, that we could anyway try to have a majority of our episodes with guests and then we can kind of do some filler or special topics that we just want to cover. I mean, cause let's be honest, pretty much all we do is filler. That's all we do. <laughs> it's all filler all the time. That'd be our new, that's our new motto. There you go. The coffee code cast all filler all the time. <laughs> yeah, I like that better. Uh, you know, I think, I think that uh, there's only so much to say there and the content's getting a little tired sometimes, but, um, you know, if we could talk about Tesla and all the other cool shit, spin coffee in the first 20 minutes and have somebody as dynamic as Brent Lyman come on and talk about crypto, I think we got ourselves a show. I agree. And we can get into some other topics that are non-tech too. So, um, I'm excited for that. I think that'll be fun. It'll bring some unique perspectives. Yeah. Cool stories. Agreed. 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 So we're working on that. It's a work in progress. We'll probably keep doing what we're doing until we can get that rolling. I mean, we'll start bringing on more guests as soon as we can. Yeah. Travel has been the biggest issue as of late. So I was out of town last week, which is why we didn't do the show. Uh, I'll be coming. I'll be out of town again another couple of times before the end of the year. 
You're getting some status this year. <laughs> well, the problem is none of those flights have been counting for anything. The, the recent flight all the way across the country was not on Delta. That was American, right? That was American. Yeah, you got to get yourself a... Um, Put, why don't you just put my Alaska code on that trip? I did find I have an Alaskan account, Alaska Miles account. Do you? But I don't ever use it. So like, could I get those miles? <laughs> I think it's got to be in my name too. Can't just can you get like, them? Can you get them uh, post? So like, the flight's already done. Can I go in and say like, oh no, that flight should have been applied to this mileage so, number? So that's a good question, and the answer is yes, you can. So you can go back retroactively. I think ninety days on Alaska, maybe maybe longer. I don't remember. Every airline has their own policy, but at least 90 days you can go back and um, fill it out. I had to do it before. I think if it's, if it's in a certain time frame, like 30, 60 days like that, then you can just do it online. If it's longer than that, then you have to fill out a form and you might have to send them in a ticket stub or something like that. And Alaska and American are partners? They are, yeah. So, I mean, that trip to Charlotte would be a hefty mileage run. It's that probably good for about 5,000 miles. Well, I'll have to look into that. So I would certainly go back and get the credit for it, even if you don't use it. So no, you can't have my miles. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> but if your account's not active, you have to be an MVP Gold member if you want to redeem those miles, I guess. I'm sorry. I didn't tell you that part. <laughs> so, but fortunately, I am. So yeah. if it lucky, doesn't work out for you. Lucky for you. <laughs> lucky yeah. for me. Not so lucky for you. That's yeah. too bad. Um, well, it's good. Yeah. You. So you're. yeah, you got to figure that out. I'm surprised Delta doesn't go down there. They go... To Atlanta. They do, but it, you'd have to connect. And it was deemed that we did not. We wanted a direct flight, apparently. Oh. See, if I had it all over to do again, I would book my own shit. Just book your own shit and yep. say, hey, I'll meet you guys there. What time do I got to be there? Exactly. Next time, yeah. I won't make that mistake again. I'm supposed to be going back to the sack at the end of the month. So I think I got another mileage run coming up there. Well, that's not very many miles, though. No, nah, 1,000 miles. Yeah. Five, you get a minimum 500 each way. So okay, 1,000 miles. I'm almost at MVP on Alaska, but I've been cheating with Delta. So that's why it's a little difficult this year to get it. Um, on the topic though, there was an email that came out today from Singapore airlines. Well, it was in the Seattle times, Seattle times breaking news story. I get like 850 breaking news emails from them every day. <laughs> and this particular piece of breaking news was about a Singapore airlines flight. It's the new longest flight, um, from SeaTac airport. And it goes, um, from, is it, uh, to Singapore? Uh, which airport was it? I can't remember the airport now. Gosh, darn it. We were just talking about this earlier today. Anyway, there's a new direct flight. Uh, let's just pretend it was Singapore. It's on Singapore airlines. That makes sense. It was a 16 hour flight and it's uh, 8,100 miles one way. Nice. I think, uh, that's interesting because the Delta has just recently quit flying from where was it? Cause it affected our trip to Asia here coming up to where, I want to say it was, we're flying Korean. It was Singapore to Narita. To Narita. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so Delta no longer flies that. South Korea there. Yeah. No, Narita's no, Japan. in Japan. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and Delta no longer flies that. So we got bumped onto, I think, Korean Airlines. But, you were uh, saying that. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, um, that's a pretty big, that's a pretty healthy flight there. 16 hours, you said. 15 hours and 50 minutes, 8,010 miles. Okay. So I was a little short there, but... Uh, yeah, the Singapore's Changi Changi Airport, longest nonstop flight from Seattle. So when are you uh, taking the run? Well, the mileage run thread was blowing up today because I was talking about that. One of the guys is mileage run thread. Mileage run thread. Yeah, there's about six of us. Is this a text chain? It's on WhatsApp. Oh yeah, yeah, it's on WhatsApp. Um, and 
one of the guys is in the market for MVP. He's close. He's in the running for MVP gold this year. And he was um, contemplating, could I get 75K? And I was like, well, if you went to Singapore once or twice, then you could. <laughs> yeah. What's the cost of that flight, by the way? I looked into that already. <laughs> Why do you ask? <laughs> um, you can do an economy ticket for about 850 bucks in October. I was looking at dates in uh, November, and that was the cheapest one I saw. So. Hey, so for the small amount of 1600 bucks, you could uh, be MVP gold, right? Yeah, yeah, do that twice. <laughs> now, you could do economy for like 1550 or something like that, and you get a, or not economy, economy plus. I think that gives you a different air code. So depending on what your seat, you know, your seat code is. Oh, right, they give you a bonus per, yeah. based on your class. If you were in first class, you would get 100% of the miles, so 16,000, and then you'd get another 50% bonus just for um, class of service. And then there's another one that they match. It's like a matching one, 200%. Hmm. So that's what it is. Like the, 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 you get 200% bonus for being in first class and you get a 50% bonus if you're like an MVP already or something. I don't know. It was a lot of miles. Yeah. 40 some thousand. It was a ton of miles. Excellent. Well, that's been the other problem that I've had when I flew to Nashville, I flew on miles. Yeah. So got no mile bonus for that. So all the big mm. trips that I've taken, they've been... Zero miles. You got to do miles and money. You know, miles and money is the ticket. Is that right? Well, if you want to get mileage credit and you want to use some miles, then yeah, it's not always a good deal. If it's a short trip, well, it, does, it doesn't matter what kind of trip it is, but sometimes they'll get you. What I found to be really good sometimes is just doing a one way each way with miles and money. Sometimes they have a good deal where you can get, you can find a 10,000 miles and I don't know, 80 bucks. Hmm. Or something like that, you know. All right. um, it just depends. It gets really squirrely. I wish there was a way that we could get all this data. I would write an app that would just pour over all of this and figure it out and say, well, if you just did a miles and money on this <laughs> one, you get this many miles and da 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 da. Sounds like something that could be, there could be some money there. There could be until, <laughs> until that thing went live and everybody found out about it. And then the airline <laughs> said, fuck <laughs> you, man. Like, we don't want you giving away all the secrets. Yeah. We like when they, people uh, don't use their, miles efficiently and spend too much money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enough about miles. We need to move on here, right? Yeah. Uh, we got some follow-up. Uh, good friend and a uh, friend of the show and longtime listener. Simon. Simon. Yeah. Simon reached out to us tonight while we were finishing up our, so our show notes. Yeah. So he made the show notes. Yeah. So he made the show notes. That's yeah. what happens when you reach out to us. You get on the show notes. When you talk about the show notes, you get on the show notes. So yeah, it was a good conversation with Simon. He's doing really well. Recently promoted, so I want to give him a shout out for that. Congratulations. He's been at the, uh, well, I don't know if I should give that away, but yeah, he's uh, doing really well. And he had follow-up questions on our taste test episode of the Impossible Whopper. I don't know how we missed this, but it was a really good question. He was wondering, <laughs> uh, well, well, if basically if, we, if the prices were not an issue, if it was the same price, would we get, which one would we get? I, well, and I think we kind of answered it without answering it directly, right? I, 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 was, I said, basically, if you gave me the Impossible Whopper and said this was a Whopper, I would eat it. And you wouldn't if, know the difference, probably. Right. Yeah. And, and after that episode actually aired, we, uh, my wife did the same thing. Like, we went and got, I got a regular, no, I got a, I didn't, we didn't get the, the two, uh, we didn't get the original and the Impossible. We just got her an Impossible Whopper, and I think I had a regular burger of some variety yeah but she didn't know the difference like she was just like it tastes like a whopper would taste right, right. so i i would be very much on the on the side of you know i would i would go for the impossible whopper all things considered if it's the same price same everything like i you know and you're not doing a side-by-side -side taste test you're never going to know the difference 
I would agree. And I think that's where we fell short. We did the side by side. And when you're really trying to be discerning about it, you're going to pick up little differences in it. But had it been a blind taste test, I probably would have said, oh, nice Whopper. Thanks. Right. Yeah. If I had a, you know, a super palate, like a wine tasting palate, and I'd be like, hmm, tastes like uh, rubber tires. Yeah. (laughs) Very nice. Exactly. Seaweed. Seaweed. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that was a good question. And then so, yeah, go out and get one if you haven't yet. Get all the impossible whoppers. I mean, this shit's exploding. So did, we talked about KFC on here. No, we? that happened while we were on break. So did it really? Yeah, we should have added that to the notes. KFC now is doing uh, impossible chicken nugs. Chicken nugs. This is that's going to be really interesting. And I, I don't know if there's a K. Is there a KFC down in Soto? Uh, yeah, next to the Taco that? Bell. I think so it's we're going to have to do this again too. We'll go down there. Make sure it's not a game day this time. That was kind of <laughs> hectic last time. This one I'm actually really fascinated with because like burger texture is one thing. Yeah. But chicken is going to be a whole chicken. different. Yeah. Unreal, dude. The thing that I think that has going for it, though, is the breading. Like, they can flavor the breading any way they want. Yeah, that's and true. And it's probably going to just take on that flavor, right? Whereas the burger, you have to kind of, all the toppings and the sauce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything. So, yeah, the nugs. This would be the first. If hmm. I had those, I think that'd be the first time that I've been to KFC probably since I live in the Midwest. Wow. I think. I can't think of a time I've been to KFC anytime anytime in the recent no, history. No, I, yeah, I can't I don't even remember. Yeah. Even going to the KFC Taco Bell drive-thru. I'm going Taco Bell, man. Come on. <laughs> you got to. You I, have I, no choice. Yeah. <laughs> well, and especially when you're drunk at, uh, you know, 2 in the morning. Yeah, I don't want a, like a greasy bucket of chicken. I want a bunch of tacos. <laughs> exactly. Jalupas and yeah. All that good shit. Yeah. I like the only time that I can remember eating KFC like my parents would sometimes like take us out to the lake. And we'd get a bucket of chicken yeah. and a bunch of sides, and we'd have a picnic out by the lake. And that, that's like the last time I can remember eating cakes. I think that's what, it, yeah, I think that's probably the same yeah. as, a, as a child and maybe perhaps in college at some point in time, although I was mostly at Alvarado's playing erotic <laughs> photo hunt. Heck yeah. Do you know, that just reminded me, I looked at our stats recently. Yeah. And if you look at our stats and what is the most popular pages on our, on our, on our website. So if you've ever been to our website, it's pretty simple. There's the homepage. to look at. There's the homepage, there's the about page, and then there's a page per episode. <laughs> Guess which one is number two? Shut up. <laughs> the erotic photo Erotic hunt. photo hunt. People are looking that up. What is this? Yeah. No, we, I think they're just looking to find where you can play it. What if we could, we got to link into that somehow. I mean, we should be able to do a marketing play here. Where we could like put a site together with all the places to play and have that linked on our page and say, if you want to know where to play or purchase erotic photo hunt, click this link here maybe we just got to make our own erotic photo hunt game yeah well. <laughs> hey we're uh <laughs> never mind i'm not gonna go there yeah we're soliciting volunteers that want to be on the next version <laughs> <laughs> oh boy uh, all right let's move on from that now yep. uh what, what is this next thing i don't even know what this is crypto recap Oh, there's not much to cover here. I just wanted to give him a shout out. We already did a little bit earlier today. And uh, I just thought, like you, you said it well, like it was just, we got more responses from that one than I think any other one. Not only that, but the live show, we had a, we had a lot of people jumping in on that one. Um, that was our biggest episode that, um, live at least, that we've had ever. And I had feedback from multiple people saying that was our best episode ever as well. So if you haven't checked it out yet, go back to episode 46. Check out the Cryptocurrency Podcast. Brent Lyman coined me a uh, crypto Bitcoin advisor. And um, 
what I was what I was thinking is that it'd be fun to have him back on a more regular uh, cadence. So maybe if there's certain events like the having event that you you know we talked about, have him back for that. Right, I think that'd be good. Some follow up with 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 some of the guests. Yeah, have some follow up. Uh, get some more questions. Maybe go a little more in depth because you. I learned a lot from the episode. I think a lot of people listening did too, but it was very elementary from his point of view. And there's so much more going on that he'd like to cover and get into uh, different things like that. So I think it'd be fun to have him come. Uh, I don't know, maybe in another six weeks, whenever there's a special event, but it'd be fun to have him back on here every so often. Yeah. I think it's a mixture of the two podcasts. So we tried to do another podcast at one point that was kind of more of a guest format, exactly like that. Yeah, uh, We named it 30 minutes with us and we did one. Uh, and, it, and it was great. I actually really enjoyed it and I thought it was good, but it, it was a much higher production value than what this is. That took a long time for you to put together. Yeah. Um, and, and it probably didn't have to be that way. That was probably more on me than anything. But I think we can incorporate the same thing into this show and kind of uh, bring more guests on and, and make it more uh, interesting and more uh, a wide breadth of topics. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, and that's one way we get to having guests all every week is if we have a few recurring pieces like that then it gets a little easier to schedule it's not just one-offs all the time speaking of recurring pieces hey we have a spin coffee update but um do we have it we need a special coffee grinder sound or something all right hey. <laughs> yay hey. Hey. <laughs> don't get too excited guys it's not <laughs> i haven't given you the update yet it's okay. not that exciting all right <laughs> well you can decide for yourselves so it's been about a month-ish uh, since the last update. This one, the August update came on August 30th, so they got it in just in the nick of time. Though. Those guys have been a little squirrely with their updates. But, uh, yep, yep, the school year is off to a great start, apparently, here. Yep, and uh, what do we got here? Um, investor factory tour. So I can always tell by the length of these things, like the, 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 the probability of shipping, you know, like the imminence of shipping. And I'd say based on the length of this one, there's nothing shipping anytime <laughs> soon. Uh, this investor factory tour. So they've been busy looking for more investors and trying to show them the production facilities in Shenzhen. Very cool. There's some animated gifts dropping parts on a conveyor belt. That's kind of fun. So that's what they're doing the, in August. Uh, this guy here is uh, doing some plastic injection molding and showing how the machine works, which is good to see. So they're actually making parts. That's that's always a promising sign, right? <laughs> that's that's a bonus. That's a bonus. Wait, how are they making parts when, like last week they, or two weeks ago, they were testing shipping? Shipping was imminent. That's all they said. But you know, like <laughs> maybe maybe this is old footage. You know, they're just like getting us excited again. So yeah, they're doing that. Ooh, there's a, an important update here. The spin logo. They, uh, oh, this is now this is fun. So they. Ooh, they did the rub test. Are you familiar with the rub test? <laughs> um, no, I'm not. So, Tell me about the rub test, Mike. Well, <laughs> we can take this offline too here. Maybe this is not appropriate for all audiences. But uh, no, they have a new logo that's debossed uh, and it's on the back of the machine. And they wanted, as part of their quality control process, um, they implemented what they call the rub test to determine the amount of scuff or abrasion damage that might occur to the sticker during shipment, storage, or handling. I mean, the level of detail that these guys are going into is you just don't see this. It's unparalleled. I mean, Tesla doesn't go through this kind of rigorous testing that these guys at spin do here. So, I mean, this is just a very clearly a very robust, a very powerful machine quality testing on the scales that you've never heard of before. You're, you're very sold on this. Their, 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 their briefings here are giving they're doing their job. I mean, this is no bullshit. Listen to this quote. 
The rub tester rubs two printed surfaces against each other face to face. Important to know. In the same plane at the same speed, 60 RPM. Under a constant rubbing pressure, the custom developed rub test equipment. I mean, they had to buy equipment to fucking do this shit, man. It wasn't just like a couple guys like brushing up against the side of this thing. They have special equipment that runs at 60 RPMs, face-to-face rubbing. Okay. Can also be used to evaluate chrome transfer from the coated surface during rubbing and is used by spin to evaluate the rub resistance of the logo sticker. I mean, that's a rigorous process with special machining just to make sure the fucking sticker doesn't fall off. This is why you don't have your machine because they're spending more time testing rubbing. So what's what's the over under now that it comes in like doesn't come in 2020? I mean, I'm really worried. We should put so we should have like a bingo game where everybody can put their bets on when Mike's going to get the spin coffee machine. That would be awesome. I want to take dates. Whoever's the closest gets some kind of prize. We don't have shirts or swag. We have stickers. But yeah, we'll have to come up with something. Anyway, let me hurry. I'll hurry along here because there's just so much to cover. But you know, tooling. Yeah, yeah. Continuing the tooling. 20 colleagues are working on this huge project. They got other departments doing some things. The first off tool, the FOT inspection. Our first tools have been created. Now it's time to inspect them. So they're doing that stuff. Hand polishing the steel tools. That's got to be done by hand. They actually mentioned they have a picture of this um, woman here. The tool department manager informed us that this woman has worked as a hand polisher since 1994, and she's one of China's most experienced polishers. Wow. The talent. The talent. They got the nose. They got the coffee nose. This fucking guy <laughs> that they found somewhere that can sniff coffee. <laughs> and they got the rub test machine and the hand, hand polisher, polisher. Yes. since 94. She looks like she's 94. She's probably been doing this a long time. <laughs> oh, there's even like animated graphics here. Oh, they're all, dude, there's all kinds of GIFs. Yeah, this, I mean, somebody spent a lot of time putting this on. The, oh, that, that's precision rubbing right there. Yeah. He, that's right. And that's the ba- that's her badge. It's like proof that she actually, you know, yeah. is a real factory worker. Yeah. Um, the tool construction department. Yeah. They're doing some stuff. <laughs> Got it. Man, this thing's so long. Grinder adjust ring tool. The complexity of tools. How they got to get the grinder ring just right. Yep. They're showing how the injection molding works here. I'm giving you, you can basically get a just short of a PhD on how injection molding works by reading these <laughs> letters here. Like, I think I'm going to, if I ever get hang up my hat as a developer, I think I could go to Shenzhen and fucking build an injection molding machine based on the uh, details they provide in these emails here. I mean, these are like schematics and all kinds of diagrams and moving parts. Yeah. I don't know what else to say, man. There's a water tank that comes. To, apparently you can put water in this fucking machine when it shows up. They're working on that. That's good. <laughs> That's good. I don't know. There's some other things. Well, good. Nothing about shipping on this one. Uh, Until the next update, thank you for your continued support, Spin Team. Well, well, that's good information. I mean, I'm glad they have top talent, top uh, rubbing talent, buffing talent. You just don't find that anywhere else. (laughs) It's true. You don't hear Elon Musk talking about the the talent that they have rubbing the tools and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Making sure the door handles don't wear off after 100,000 uses. Yeah. You know, all that kind of shit. They just throw it out in the wild and they charge a, you know, $60,000 for it. And they hope it works. Yeah. No crash tests or anything. You don't need man. that. That's the shit's for uh, amateurs, man. Exactly. Well, I, I tease and cajole, but you know, I'm really excited for my spin coffee maker. One day it'll come. Hopefully <laughs> when I'm still around on this earth, <laughs> I can brew a cup of coffee. In the meantime, I have to use my primitive tools, my Cuisinart, uh, <laughs> 
mill grinder and my French press. Well, it still makes coffee. That's the uh, the advantage to that. That was a very exciting update, man. I feel like that was just I had more passion behind that than any other. You update did. You think you sold it? You sold it hard. I think I think pre-orders are just like off the chain now. Like I think their hotline is blowing up. I think we'll make a segment out of that and we'll pimp uh, spin for a sponsorship again with that <laughs> segment because you were you were you were yeah, yeah you were passionate. I mean. If you read that email, too, and you saw the gifts the way I saw it the first time, you would be passionate, too. I mean, there's <laughs> clearly a lot of heart going into this. And, uh, well, we wish them well in all the projects that they're working on over there. All right, let's move on to the news, shall we? <laughs> Please. I'm going to skip over. I'm going to go down to number three in the news. Which one is this? This is the, the new Sonos Move. Look at you just jumping around. Here. Yeah, man. Are we running out of time I'm or shaking it up. No, we got time. We're uh, we're about thirty minutes into this. Oh, very cool. Okay, Sonos Move. Sonos Move. I'm excited about this. So, I love Sonos, as you know. I have lots of them. You in my have home. so many. This is a very cool update. I love this. Yeah. So this is a leak, actually. Um, this hasn't even technically been announced, although I think it was supposed to be announced on the 26th. Um, but it's a portable Sonos speaker, which currently none of their lineup uh, allows for this. They're all plugged in. I like this design. This is very cool. So it's very similar to, you have some of these too now. You just recently joined the Sonos family. I do. I have a pair of the Play ones. Is Play, that right? Uh, Sonos ones. Sonos ones. Yeah. The newer models, right? Yeah, the newer. Yeah. Two with, Sonos ones. With Alexa integration. That's the one. Yeah, I got two of those. Yeah. So basically they're creating yet another version of that. And it sits on a dock and has a battery in it. And so it charges. Uh, you can use it via Wi-Fi, which is the way that all of them work currently. But you can also switch it into a Bluetooth mode, just like any other kind of uh, portable Bluetooth speaker that you might buy on the market. Very handy feature. So dual purpose there. So yeah, it can work in your home just like any other of the Sonos products that you have. Or if you want to take it to the beach or whatever, you know, you can take it and use it with Bluetooth on your phone away from Wi-Fi uh, on battery mode and it'll just, work just I the like same. that a lot because you don't have to have the app. If one of your friends wants to play music, they don't have to download Sonos app and wi-fi connection and all that whatever the shit is required you know that's true and it and it supports other things too though it supports like airplay just like all the other ones do so i think anybody with an iphone should be able to theoretically connect to it via airplay oh nice um but yes bluetooth would work as well if anybody wants to connect to that as well excellent um the form factor is very similar to what the the sonos ones are i think it's a it's a little bit squished but uh i think kind of wider um from the dimensions the, i saw were larger yeah right, yeah for sure taller I, think. I believe it was. Yeah. yeah, it was. The depth, probably about the same. But I think the height and the depth, height, no, height and width, oh, yeah, all that shit. <laughs> Everything but the depth. The volume. Is bigger. The volume is bigger. <laughs> the volume, yeah. It passed the rub test, apparently, because here it is on sale right now. You can buy one. Well, I don't think you can buy one. Oh, they're almost out. I, I haven't seen anywhere that, they're, that they've been announced officially yet. This is all leaked information and what people have gathered by looking at some of the screenshots and, and photos of the product. I'm just spreading a lot of misinformation on this one. <laughs> yeah, you're excited, man. It's fine. Yeah. You got excited about your spin coffee and Ooh. now you're excited about the Sonos. So. All these things. I like to spend money on things that I can't actually fucking get my hands on right now. <laughs> like, I'm a, you know, I like buying stuff and then three years later it shows up. Like, that's a nice surprise, you know? Yeah. That's great. So another thing that's nice about this is, like I said, it has a docking station. So when it's at home, if you're just using it in Wi-Fi mode, just like any other Sonos, mm -hmm. it can sit in the docking station, get its power from that, and, and run indefinitely. Um, also, it's charging while it's sitting on the docking station. But if you're away as well, you can use a USB-C 
power cable to uh, charge it up as well, which I think is a good move. Because, yeah, if you're on an extended trip or something like that and you want to use it for a while, at least you can top off. They've covered every angle with this product. I'm really impressed with all of these features. And this is probably one of the things that, that Sonos got dinged up the most on. Like, they use it as a feature because, like, they're like, hey, at least when, when I walk outside, my music doesn't stop playing because I went away from the speaker too far, right? But mm-hmm. on the same token, like, everybody uses Bluetooth speakers. They're everywhere. So I think... This is a good move and a good way to get themselves into into the market with that kind of a speaker as well. And maybe get people into the door that maybe wouldn't before, right? Now they're going to get one. Yeah. And they're going to be like, oh, man, this is amazing. I can play it via Wi-Fi and it'll keep playing even if I run around the room or out of the house or whatever. Uh, so maybe it'll bring more people in the door to, to Sonos. Well, why not? Because I think there's a lot of value in this product just as an outdoor, as a, as a portable uh, indoor outdoor speaker. And... You know, back in the day, it was, it's been a while now, but I bought one of the older Bose models for my parents and it was uh, a similar idea where it had a dock that plugged into the wall with USB and then it just like, you just pick it up and it undock it. Yep. And uh, I thought that was very cool for its time. It was one of the only ones like that. A lot of these are just, you got to plug it in to charge it. And this was really, really slick. So love that they did that. And by having all these different connectivity options, that's really cool too. Um, but if the bonus is if you have a Sono system, then boom, it just integrates and then bam, you can have three speakers playing, four speakers playing. And I would use this, if, uh, for instance, on our rooftop deck. So currently we have a Sonos Play 5 that sits up on the landing and I have to like drag it out every yeah. time we want to use it, which is, I mean, it's fine, but it's not convenient. No. Uh, whereas this guy, we could just take him out, take him off the dock, bring him out onto the deck and, and he would connect to the Wi-Fi just like any other speaker and we could play whatever we want, bring it back in, set him, set yeah. him on the dock and he charges up overnight. Yep. So I think this is a great product. Um, and I think I definitely will probably pick one up much to my wife's chagrin. Oh, uh, she won't be that upset. She, well, she doesn't think we need any more. I, I disagree. God, we have enough uh, technology in the house right now. Yeah. <laughs> and she married this, you know, she was, she knew what she was getting into. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm really excited about this. I, uh, August 26th was when they expect, expected the presser for this, but I, haven't seen any additional details on it since then. Bummer. So hopefully comes out soon. And hopefully they come out with uh, outdoor waterproof speakers. That's been an, uh, on my list for a very long time. Hot item. Yeah. That would be very nice to have. You can get them through, I think, Sonance, which is like a partner. Yeah. They're really expensive. Really? Uh, that's too bad. Yeah. Or Sonance. I don't know how you pronounce them. I think it's Sonance. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't matter. I used to do that kind of stuff, but I'm not sure how you pronounce that one. Yeah. Yeah, that seems a little surprising that they wouldn't have already come up with outdoor speaker. That's a pretty popular one. Well, and I thought I had read at some point back in the day that even their CEO had said they were working on it. But again, that might have been like more of a partnership with some other third party because they're also releasing stuff through uh, Ikea. Mm-hmm. So they have some cheaper like 160 or $120 speakers that, I, that you can get through Ikea. Like one of them is a standalone. One of them is like the base of a lamp. I love that. I've sit there. They have a whole. Go ahead. Sorry. No, that's all. Is, yeah, it's just the the base of the lamp, and then obviously you put your lamp on top of it. But so the, the it, you know it's not another speaker laying around. It's actually kind of part of your decor. Well, I, I want to just add that IKEA has done a lot recently to expand and uh, create a uh, smart home division and a whole line of smart home products, including the Sonos integration. I love those, like the lamps, the whole thing, everything they're working on. Very cool stuff. And I like Ikea's products anyway. Uh, and I think this is just a 
really smart addition to what they've got they're yeah. offering over there. I think that's pretty smart. Yeah. Ho. <laughs> Ho shit. There you go, buddy. Those three bears you gave me are really fucking starting to hit now. So oh, yeah? Thanks. Have another. Oh, boy. Okay. Moving on. What do you want to talk about next? I want to jump up one. Since we're jumping around everywhere, let's talk about, let's talk about AMC and Netflix. What do we got going on with Netflix? Yeah, well, this, you know, so here's the deal. Like, Netflix has done some premieres with the theaters, right? It started out just being on Netflix only, and then everybody would have to get a subscription. But recently, they've started to put movies out in theaters first for a pre-release, I guess you would call it. Um, So people could go to the theater and see a Netflix film, and then at some point later on, they could watch it at home. And so have you heard of the new uh, Scorsese uh, movie that's coming out, The Irishman? No. So this sounds awesome. I, I read this in the New York Times a few weeks ago. And um, I was just excited about the movie. So that's why I started reading it. I had no idea it was about Netflix or any of that shit. I didn't know it was a Netflix movie. But yeah, it's um, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. And um, there's, some, there's some really cool stuff in this movie. So the, it covers many decades, okay, uh, first of all. I just go and say that. And so they're using these new special effects. Did you see the, there's a Will Smith movie that just came out. Um, and I don't know the name of it, but... Um, they're using the same technique. So they can do de-aging now digitally. I don't know if you see, have you seen this? I've seen similar, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen similar things uh, in small, small format kind of videos, but nothing, nothing to this. So it's the, it's the Will Smith movie where he's like fighting himself and when he's younger or some shit. And, and, but he looks like he did when he was on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> That's crazy. And so they went through a making of kind of a thing. And they showed how they do this. And it's crazy. I don't understand how it all works. But they put a bunch of tracking dots on his face. Like probably 50 dots on his face. Just And then the computers will track his movements. Whatever his nose, eyes, lips, everything's doing. And, uh, and then they can apply a skin to that, which is his younger self. And then whenever it moves, it moves like he does. And so, yeah, it looks like he's... 20 years younger, 30 years younger. That's insane. Fucking crazy. In real time. In real time, man. So, I mean, I think they're, I think it's probably done in processing. I don't think it's actually like real time, real time, but, but he's doing the movements at his current age with all these dots yeah. and then they go back and they figure it out. Yep. Um, but it doesn't matter. It look, it's him, but it, and it's very realistic. Um, anyway, they're using the same DH technology to make these guys, uh, look younger too. And so they're showing a picture on this article here of a younger, uh, you know, Robert De Niro. And it's just kind of crazy what technology is doing these days. You talk about deep fakes. I mean, this is like crazy shit. Yeah. If you want to see like uh, kind of on this line, I think maybe you even shared it, but this Bill Hader, Tom Cruise, deep fake. Is that, Ooh. have you seen that one? Yeah. Where, where they're talking, I think he's talking to, uh, oh, who's the, the late night host i thought it was uh wasn't it jimmy fallon or yeah, one, was, of them. Uh, one yeah. of those guys yeah one of those and, and it's he's talking about something and, and like within an instant like it goes from bill Hader telling a story and then he starts talking like tom cruise or imitating tom cruise yeah but then the face immediately switches as soon as the and voice changes and it's like so seamless you're just like wait a minute what just happened and like suddenly it's tom cruise talking and not bill Hader anymore and then like he'll switch back to his voice Yes. And suddenly, boom, it's right back to Bill Hader. It's really creepy. And there's like so, it's so flawless. And there's no, you know, no break point where you can be like, wait a minute, it's switched now. Like it just, no. it takes you a minute for like your focus to adjust and understand it's a, what it's just, a Jedi mind trick. Yeah. You look at it and you think, whoa, did he switch spots all of a sudden? Right. 
very crazy. Yeah, I'll have to link to that uh, as well as obviously this Netflix show in the uh, show notes. But yeah, super crazy. So anyway, back to the whole premise of the story here, Netflix versus AMC. So this new movie, The Irishman, they wanted to have AMC do a, um, a special release. It's a $159 million movie. Uh, and so, um, you know, <clears throat> Paramount Pictures didn't want to spend $160 million on this movie. So go to Netflix where they don't, they just give you blank checks apparently. So <laughs> very cool shit. Um, anyway, the dispute is, is how long should it stay in the theaters? And, uh, you know, AMC has 11,000 screens worldwide. Uh, and so they wanted to have it uh, shown there first. And I think the problem was that they said, look, we want you, if you're going to show it in our theaters, then you have to abide by the same rules that all the other uh, movie companies make. And you have to stay on theater. You have to have it exclusively on the, at the theater for 90 days. And they've been going back and forth on this, trying to negotiate the contract because they're saying, well, look, you know, like statistically after 42 days, you know, that's where you really start to see a big dip in attendance and revenues, right? I mean, you're not getting the same uh, big bucks coming into the store after 42. So you're basically telling us we have to wait another 48 days before we can put this thing on Netflix. And so I don't know where it landed. I, I should do a follow up because this is a little old. It's a couple of weeks old. But at that time, they hadn't come to any kind of, um, they were kind of at an impasse. They didn't know what to do about it. Um, but I just thought it was an interesting topic because you're seeing all these, like we've talked about it before, where you've got all these different cable, you know, and now it's like, well, the shows that cable make kind of suck. And it's like the Netflixes and, and the Prime, Amazon Primes and all these guys, like they, they make the best content, but you have to have their service to see it. And now you're starting to see this morph back into like the way things used to be where it's like, well, it's a Netflix movie, but it's at the theater, you know? <laughs> and I just think it's interesting, like how these things are kind of shaking out and what, how it's going to play out in the long run. And I assume it's because how big of a blockbuster like price uh, is involved here that it has to go to the theater so that they can kind of recoup some of that money. Like obviously Net Netflix makes tons and tons of, of, of money for this type of stuff, but maybe not at that kind of a, a price point. I, I agree. I mean, how else do you make $160 million back and you ideally are going to want to triple that, double that? I don't know. You're going to want to do a lot better than $170 million on it, you know? And then you wonder too, like, okay, so the idea here would be that it's in AMC or in theaters for some specific amount of time and then would come out to Netflix generally. So how much of the pop U.S. population has a Netflix account? That's got to be a, high, a really high percentage. Yeah. So why would you go? Yeah. Unless you really enjoy the, the theater experience, which I know a lot of people do. So but, that's the deal. You can't just have it premiere at the same on both. Right. But like in my, in my, in my case, I'm not that big of a theater guy. Oh, you would wait 90 days. Why saying? not? Interesting. I mean, I had a different take on that. I thought that maybe some, I'm sure some people will, a lot of people will, but I was thinking if they really wanted to figure this out, why don't you compromise and say, look, like we're just going to show it in theaters for the 42 days or whatever bullshit. Right. And then we're going to bring an option from day 43 to 89 to say, look, like from these, these days, you can actually go see it in the theater or you can go to Netflix and pay a price to buy the movie for, you know, pre-release kind of like Apple does and all that bullshit. Right. It's like, well, you can buy it for, you know, you can own it for X dollars, 1599. I think, why don't you just say to I mean, it would piss me off as a Netflix customer, but I think that would solve the problem if they're trying to make the money is to say, look, like we'll actually release it on Netflix in 43 days. 
if you want to pay the price. And if you don't want to pay the price, just wait until day 90 and then you can watch it for your subscription. Yeah. I would, I, I could see them doing something even different than that and adding a, a yet a different subscription tier where it's like you could pay twenty four ninety nine a month and have access to all the movies when they come out in the theater. Something like that. But or, it, yeah, early access to their, you know, new big blockbuster movie, you know, tier. So I w- so on that note, there is a company. I was talking to, to Dave uh, Lester uh, about this on the way back from the Gorge. I was at the Gorge on Friday watching Dave Matthews' band. Excellent, excellent uh, show. But we were coming back and talking about this particular issue because he was asking what was going to be on the cast next and i said this is what we're talking about and there's a company out there a startup that um raised a bunch of money and they have a similar offering where you pay like 40 dollars a month but you get access their whole thing is like you're going to get access to movies that are um, screening in the theaters wow so i don't know how successful that's been i don't know dave will have to remind me the name of the company i should have wrote it down i forgot about it already but it's like you know stream i don't know i'll have to look it up later stream stream like movies <laughs> in theaters see that's a, that it is a search result fandango now blah 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 yeah who knows it's in there somewhere but yeah interesting model you're paying a lot more up front but if you're a big movie guy hey it's kind of the opposite of what was the other thing that kind of failed movie, movie pass? pass yeah yeah Hey, I mean, clearly some of these things are, are viable uh, products. Clearly there's a market out there for people that want to go to movies, especially probably young young people. Yeah. They go to a lot of movies, right? So I think I think something like this is going to stick. It's just a matter of who finds their way in the market and, and finds a place uh, that makes sense at a, at a reasonable price. And, and that makes sense not only for the company, but, you know, for the user, because that's that's I think that's what MoviePass kind of got into is they were really cheap, right? Yeah. yeah. And then they tried to up it and people were like, nope. Exactly. And I'm a, I'm not a regular movie goer, but I like to go for the popcorn. <laughs> yeah. Not for the movies, for the popcorn. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I, I would be the guy who would just go in and get a bag of popcorn and leave. I just I <laughs> think that shit is so good. <laughs> uh, standard popcorn, caramel corn, cheese corn. Not in a Tutti theater. Fruity? What do you go with? I mean, listen, man, if I'm at home and, you know, I, I like to do stovetop myself. So I All make right. my own stovetop stuff. But I also like the Chicago style. Which Wait a minute. Is, Chicago style? Yeah. What the hell is that? Not only do they have their own pizza, but they have their own popcorn. Too. I have not heard of this. What is Chicago it's style a, popcorn? A, Chicago style, Chicago mixed popcorn is essentially, it's um, really like greasy cheddar. I mean, it's like cheddary that gets caked on your fingers and uh, caramel 50-50 mix. Hmm. They have it like GH Gretters, you know, they make popcorn and they've got in the bags that you can get at Trader Joe's, that, not that brand, but the Trader Joe's or Costco or whatever, Chicago style mixed popcorn. Cheddar and, and caramel. I mean, I knew I knew the cheddar and caramel mix. I didn't know that had a name after yeah. Chicago. But, yeah. Huh. Yeah. In fact, like there's a Garrett's is a big popcorn place down there. A bunch of downtown locations you can go and that's their big thing. Just don't get the tin. It's expensive. <laughs> yeah. They have really good, uh, really good popcorn. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on to the next one. Um, I've been punting on this story a lot um, in my in my love for electric vehicles. You do, don't you? I do. I haven't even mentioned Tesla on this episode. Oh, I just did. Oh, ding. <laughs> what is this? He's, I don't <laughs> don't know what that is either. Okay. You, you want the, there we go. Hey, well done. Yeah. All right. Um, UPS has been uh, delivering cargo using self-driving trucks without telling anybody. That's cool. They do have somebody in the driver's seat, though. Somebody monitoring it, but effectively it's doing, 
It is autonomously driving. Wow. So there, this dude, I'm thinking about this. Like the guy is, is he really paying attention? <laughs> like this is long haul trucking. You're going like 500 miles through Nebraska. Yeah. Are you really going to be looking out the windshield? I bet he's in the back cab taking a nap. Well, this is like the, the I think it was Uber or I can't remember if it was a uh, Google self-driving car that, that hit somebody and they got in a lot of trouble and quit driving in, a, in some state. Uh, and it was the same kind of scenario where they had a, a human in, in the car that was supposed to be monitoring. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he wasn't paying attention. He was looking at his phone or doing something else and yeah, hit the person before he could even react. Like how the fuck could you pay paying attention? If like for me, if I'm in a car that's driving itself, I can't even touch the pedal. <laughs> you don't need to. It's going to yeah. be about 30 seconds before I'm grabbing something, dude, like <laughs> a book on food, a phone. And I think it depends a lot on, on what it is that you expect from the car. Like for when, when we go on a drive and we use autopilot, like I, I'm still paying attention pretty heavily because yes, it does a great job, but there are definitely scenarios. Like we had one recently here where we were trying to exit to go home. So coming off of 90, going down to Rainier Ave and mm -hmm. somebody was trying to cut all the, you know, cause if you come from five onto 90 and you want to get off on the last exit before you go in the tunnel, you're crossing like five lanes with real quick real fast and this person either just flat out didn't see us or cut us off intentionally i'm not sure but the car did not react Whoa. in any way Whoa. Uh, so we would have gotten clipped and probably i was trying to think of what that would have done we probably would have taken a header into the retaining wall but damn uh, i swerved out of the way of the person and, and avoided it but yeah i mean I, w I would stay very alert using these things um but it also is is very easy to become complacent especially in like a straight straight shot kind of drive because of, you know it's so monotonous that's right and you're not doing anything and and the whole premise is that oh we trust the car to do the job yeah it's not you're no longer required so why are you going to pay bang attention for things like that to happen yeah and i and i do trust the car to some degree to do some of the things but i i don't have full faith that the car can do you know handle a lot of situations so i'm definitely always on guard but um, UPS is basically part partnering with, with a company called too simple, mm -hmm. um, and, and using some of their trucks to do this, um, kind of a, I guess a small test to see if they can and make autonomous delivery, uh, for UPS go, which I thought was really fascinating. I, it's, it's especially considering they really didn't announce that they were doing it until now. It's already been happening. Yeah. Well, I do think that long haul highway travel is going to be a lot easier to master than it would be in a city street or something like that. So if you're doing these things between distribution centers and there's not a lot of congestion or things like that, then why couldn't you do it? I think the thing that I would envision is, yeah, that between like stations, maybe like, so on a freeway, you might have like a stop that's like, here's a UPS lot. Mm -hmm. And like, maybe it drives between this lot and that lot. Yeah. And that's in stops. And then some other operator has to intervene and bring it the last mile. Yeah, it comes in, and then whoever's scheduled can go do that. Right. Yeah. So saves them a lot of on-the-road time, but then somebody's got to maneuver it. Because, yeah, you start to think about, like, oh, they have to back it up to a load zone, you know, a load dock yeah. and get it close enough. And, you know, there's just a lot of stuff to maneuver for something that doesn't have a comprehension of the real world, or that at least not a very good one. Makes a lot of sense to me. And the real benefit there is that, you know, right now truckers are like airline pilots and anybody else. Like you're restricted to how many hours you can be operating a vehicle before rest. Uh, you got to take so many breaks and you got to sleep. And when you're sleeping, you got to be off for so much time. So this eliminates that. You could just have people uh, sleeping at these little places you're talking about and uh, or whatever. I guess they wouldn't have to sleep because they wouldn't be driving that far. But but anyway, you wouldn't have to worry about the drivers on the long 
apart and you could have trucks operating 24 seven. No big deal. Right. Yeah. And that would be huge when you consider, yeah, that you could have freight moving all night long. Right. You know, no, nobody having to sleep or switch off drivers or any of that kind of stuff, just all the way across the United States. Granite fuel would become a problem, you know, a logistical issue, but I'm sure they'll figure that out as well. I thought this was interesting too. This is about cars and it might've been Ford or somebody that did this study. Uh, I didn't think about this before, but right now cars are mostly parked. And so one of the, uh, uh, they did some research and they figured out what's the longevity of an all an autonomous vehicle. And they said it was four years, like, which is crazy because you think like an automobile that you or I would purchase would probably last 10 years, 15, maybe even 20. I don't know if you keep it up and all that kind of stuff, but they're saying four years just because the idea with autonomous driving is that it's going to be reversed. It's going to be idle 5% of the time. 10% of the time, oh. maybe, but it's going to be on the road moving at least 90% of the time, especially these trucks. These trucks aren't going to stop. Like it's going to drop, you know, tractor trailer. It comes in, it unhitches from the trailer. <laughs> could go pick up another tractor and go back the other way. And it could just be going back and forth like nonstop, you know? Yeah. So it'd be less volume of vehicles, but they'd be moving all the time. Right. Yeah. So and you, you probably see a little bit of both. Like I'm sure you would probably have more an increase in volume. But yeah, they're running nonstop. Yeah. And it'd be a lot more people would be in your situ- situation where like you, you don't have a car. You wouldn't need it. Yeah. Because, you know, other people's vehicles that, that do have these four-year autonomous cars, you'd be relying upon them and their vehicles to come pick you up, give you a ride, go wherever you want to go and pick right. somebody else up, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's the promise of the future. Obviously, there's a long way to go to get to that. But um, seeing these kinds of stories where... Um, you know, somebody as big as UPS can start to dabble in this technology. I think that's a pretty huge step forward because once they're embracing it, you know, it's only going to continue because uh, the, the price or the costs or the profit realization there yeah. is, is incre- incredible. Yeah, you're not paying anybody right. to drive it. You're, just you're, you're paying software engineers to write a little software. And yeah. Then, yeah. Write it once and repeat it many times. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Wow. There was something else I wanted to say that was on the on the topic. I can't remember now. Never mind. Go All ahead. right. I don't really have any more on that. I just to me it was fascinating that that there's other that that there's made I mean obviously, you know, Amazon is using drones and this kind of stuff to try and deliver packages. So obviously autonomous vehicles are just becoming more and more ubiquitous, but like it is having somebody like UPS that is probably the biggest freight operator, are they? Or is it FedEx? Oh, no, UPS is. UPS. Um, having them being shipping or testing shipping with autonomous vehicles is, is fascinating. And, I, and I've been telling people this for a very long time that this is coming and probably more quickly than you might anticipate. Um, is it, is it going to take over everything end to end like we talked about? No, probably not because there's just too many factors for, for a computer to understand, yeah. at least in the short term. I'm, I'm sure they'll figure it out over time, but you know, for now... Like you said, I think it's going to affect the, the trucking in- industry pretty rapidly um, in, in those long-haul scenarios. Well, who else is doing it? you got Uber Trucking. I think they're kind of, I don't know if they're actually still doing that. They were for a while. They're, they're trying to do the same thing? Yeah, they had a Uber Trucking division for some time, and I don't know where it's at, but same kind of thing. So you've got all these guys doing it now. It did talk about it down here at the bottom. So there's somebody called Kodiak. 
uh, Einride, I'm not sure how you pronounce them, Waymo, mm -hmm. Daimler, oh, Uber yeah. shuttered its program. They did, okay. Uh, after self-driving SUV killed pedestrian, which is the incident that I talked about. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you have drone services by Amazon, there's electric trucks, uh, there's all kinds, I mean, there's tons of stuff going on in, in the autonomy space, so it's, it's certainly going to happen. I wanted to talk a little bit about, we're talking about autonomous driving and trucks. And this is a little, I'm going to segue really quickly, but it's, it's, a, it's actually a piece of follow-up because we talked about Starlink, the SpaceX uh, satellite. Yeah. You know, that was a recent uh, SpaceX launch. They launched 60 of these uh, experimental satellites into low Earth orbit. Uh, and the plan is to create a broadband uh, satellite internet globally and with 12,000 satellites one day. They've only got 60 now, but they would like to have 12,000. And also you've got Blue Origin doing the same thing and other yeah. people and other people. So it's like a bunch of space junk up there. <laughs> but what was interesting is that um, one of the 60 almost collided with a European satellite the other day. I don't know if you heard about that. I think I did hear about this. It was, it was something to the effect of they were supposed to move it, but it, it didn't respond. Oh, really? Is what I read. Oh, interesting. So like maybe they were supposed to move it in some direction, like up, up into orbit further or something. And, and it didn't respond appropriately. And therefore, oh. like they almost collided. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't know that. So that would make more sense then. Um, what I what I heard was that, yeah, because of whatever reasoning there, it didn't respond. But this European satellite had to do an avoidance like maneuver. It had to fire uh, whatever what do they call that. Their little uh, thrusters. thrusters had to fire a thruster to to avoid the uh, space Starlink satellite. <laughs> to to avoid the space junk <laughs> yeah oh here it says yeah here it says spacex refused or declined to move starlink satellite that was at risk of collision with the europeans oh this is a different story then really with a with a european satellite yeah this is what i'm talking about the oh, european okay. satellite uh-huh same thing so they didn't want to move it that's what it said here european space agency says one of its satellites was forced to avoid a satellite from spacex space X Starlink constellation raising concerns of the impact of Starlink on low Earth orbit orbit operations after SpaceX declined to move their satellite out of the way. So, so European satellite guys call up. Hey, we, we were half orbit away from your uh, Starlink here. We're going to crash into it. Can you please move <laughs> it? No, fuck you guys. We're good. So, so yeah. So they had to. Uh, I wonder if they couldn't move it. What if they don't really have thrusters in there and all that stuff? They, they made it sound like they got this thing fully developed. What if they just couldn't move it? You know, it just, I don't know. The risk of the collision between the two satellites was one in 1,000. Yeah. Ten times higher than the threshold requires a collision avoidance maneuver. Hmm. Damn. One in 1,000. How does that probability change when you add another 11,940 <laughs> satellites? Now you're getting into orbit. statistics. You're way out of my uh, way out of my realm of knowledge. Fucking crazy, man. So, yeah, I, that that will be uh, something to contend with for sure. Once we have a lot more space satellites up there. Luckily, in this case, according to this little uh, diagram that they're showing online here, it looks like that collision had it occurred would have collided well who knows you know with with the earth rotating and whatnot but it would have occurred over the ocean oh uh, it probably would burn up anyway yeah that's fair they're not that big are they no yeah it's or like at least the receivers i don't know about the satellites yeah i don't know the satellites the receivers are pizza box sized i think all that shit burns up anyway maybe i don't know somebody might have a nice present on top of their house 
<laughs> you don't hear about that stuff a lot yet, but that could be that'd be a scary world to live in. Like <laughs> shit's just like falling out of the sky, raining down on you. Oh, dude, that almost. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing when you get shit on by a bird, but like at least you survive it. Like you get shit on by a Tesla Starlink fucking SpaceX satellite, man. You're you're not living to tell the story, dude. <laughs> oh man. We had a lot of fun with this today, didn't we? Yeah, we didn't know what the hell we were going to talk about, and we made more shit up. Despite all the technical difficulties, we made it through a full hour of the Coffee Codecast episode number 47. Yeah. Well, as always, our artwork is provided by Yerne, the gentle giant. Check out more of his artwork at www.coffeecodecast.com slash gentle giant. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, email. Uh, the email is coffeecodecast at gmail.com. The podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can find all this and more on our website at www.coffeecodecast.com. Yeah, buddy. If you like the show, jump over to coffeecodecast.com slash review. Help us out with a quick review rating and a few words. Maybe even a few guests you want to hear on the show or a few topics you'd like to hear about. That'd be cool, too. We do need some reviews. We have a negative. We have a one star review. We need to get that average up. Yeah. help, Help us out. What the fuck? It only takes a minute. Yeah, one minute. Help us out here, guys. Uh, As always, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week.